Hey, Melody. Hey, Peter. Drew's doing professional development. No, professional development training or something, right? So it's the training to go to do professional development. It's, it's, so, the, or planning. It's, no, professional development planning. I think he has to do oh. professional development, and he's on a planning committee that does it. Oh, he does the professional development for other people, and he's yes. planning their de professional development. Yes. Does that count as his own professional development, or is that just his job? Dude, I don't know. We'll have to ask some other time. <laughs> anyway, welcome to How College Works. So as um, often happens, if there's not like fires for us to put out, uh, we talk about those. But things are not crazy for you and I. Uh, so jumped on the internet to see if I could find something interesting to talk about that we could break down, critique, or uh, give support to in saying, yes, these are the answers that I also agree with. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so found, uh, found on, on Reddit, but it was you know, linked to a YouTube, uh, 10 things I wish I knew before college. So shall we just uh, jump into the 10 things? Yeah. Um, so the person whose video this is, the username is Brittany Lucas TV. Um, and she runs down these 10 things. Apparently she's a second year student at the time this video was posted. Um, and she's uh, kind of talking about what she wished she had knew. No. Wow. Yes, that one. <laughs> oh, it's not even two. It's like two fifteen my time right now on a Tuesday, and I'm already like, "What is going on?" <laughs> it is. We're heading in. We're heading up towards spring break. Ugh. Yeah. It sounds like a long, long way away. It's only two weeks for us. I think it's three for me. Uh, and you yeah. probably only get a week. <laughs> I do only get a week. Yeah. Anyway, number one. Number one is roommates. Roommates. Uh, she doesn't really speak very fondly of roommates. I think maybe she had an experience. Or she's certainly described seeing people have like fistfights with their roommates. Um, she said out in the hallway, is like, if I'm having a fistfight with a roommate, I kind of expect to be having it in my room. Um, yeah. Yeah. But it's true, like your roommate and how how well you get along or how how well you're how much you're willing to put work into getting along really does affect your your time there. If you're not willing or not yet to sort of work with them and for the two of you to figure out how do you do this, uh, it's going to be bad. If it's going to be if you're going to come into that having had your own room for 18 years and expecting to operate at college in the same way that you did in high school in your own room with your own time, not having to worry about what you're doing in that room, it's going to be a rough time. Uh, right. And you're probably not going to get along and maybe you're going to have fist fights. Hopefully not. Hopefully um, not. I had a roommate my freshman year. It was a friend. Um, and it ended up not really mattering because she like met this person who she ended up it was her first husband. She has a second husband now, so whatever. Um, so she didn't spend a lot of time in the room. And so it just, it was a non-issue. Now, I know some people don't leave their rooms and they're there a lot, but oftentimes roommates just kind of are like, like ships passing in the night. You know, they just kind of sleep in the same space, but they don't right. necessarily have to be BFFs or whatever. That's true. You know, if you are, if you're treating you, the, your dorm room as the place where you go, uh, and sometimes this is natural and sometimes you might need to plan for it, the place where you go to go to sleep. And the two of you understand that 
you know, after a certain time, it's going to be quiet in there because one or the other of you or both need to be like not being st staying up all night, playing mm -hmm. video games, having a party, whatever it is. Uh, if that's the understanding, y'all could hate each other. And as long as it's just like, you know, sup, kind of a greeting, get up, shower, get dressed, go to class, don't see him all day because you're going from class to lunch, hang out with your friends, come back, grab your stuff, study in the library, hang out with your friends, play some video games in somebody else's dorm room, go to sleep. It doesn't really matter. You don't see them very much. Right. You know? um, but if you're both kind of homebodies, then you got to be ready for that. Yeah. And it can be, I mean, there are roommates from hell. Don't get me wrong. Um, and True. she was suggesting getting a single room. And I know for a lot of my students, at least, like that's an added cost. Yeah, that is um, it, it expensive. Can be quite a bit more expensive, right? And so yeah. it might be worth it trying to have conversations with your roommates about like, listen, I really, I'm a, I like to go to bed by 10. You're up until 4 a.m. Can we maybe try to work something out here? Yeah, I think I've um, spoken about my freshman year roommate, uh, who's a great guy. And uh, I sort of, I follow him on Instagram and he's doing interesting, cool things. Uh, certainly there was a time when he was doing, I don't know what, writing papers late at night and it's like two in the morning and his keyboard was super loud and I'm just like grinding my teeth. It's like, mm. I'm just, I'm dying from, from being tired here, but I cannot sleep from this clacking that's going on. It's just so pissed. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it can happen. So we yeah. okay. So that was the thing that she wished she knew, I guess, is that roommate having a roommate could be difficult. And yeah, duh. Well, I mean, I, I grew up most of my life, um, including through high school, sharing a room with Drew. Oh. You know, we were family of five, you know, parents and three kids, and you know, we didn't have a big house, and so um our older sister, she had her own room and you know or this twin so we shared a room um so it wasn't Which makes sense yeah yeah it, it makes sense it's also like we didn't have couldn't afford to buy a, a big house or add on to a house so you know we just dealt with what we had <laughs> in terms of space uh which was a basically a three-bedroom yeah so it was a little if you've done that if you remember that's you then it's it's not as big a deal um although your roommate now is not your sibling yeah. <laughs> Which is something to keep in mind as well. Shut up. I'm going to tell on you. I know work as well. Yeah, less effective. Less effective. So moving on, number two, she says that one of the things she wished she knew is that there are no breaks in college, um, that there's always something due. Yes. And this is actually, I thought this was really nice because it's something that I've forgotten was the case in high school. Because yeah. there's always something to do in my life. There's always something to do every week in my classes. And so it's, I've spent years and years at this point being like, yeah, it's just every day you got to be working something. And I've forgotten what it was like to have days where like, I didn't have to do anything for my extensive job for high school. Yeah. yeah. Well, and there would be lots of times when I would just wouldn't have any homework in high school, like at all, like for days at a time. Yeah, that's... Yeah. It's been so long. Yeah. Well, I just remember we would sometimes have time to do it before or if you were, you know, 
one of those people who could get it done during like your I used was an office aid or something mm -hmm. <laughs> you know I would use that time after I did my my work or whatever to do stuff but yeah there is something always do something's always do um and if there's not like and for my class right there's not like a, something every class day necessarily but it's my expectation that you're working on something towards that something that's due right right yeah that's the expectation for me like you're doing reading in my for my class you know uh, going over the homework looking ahead working on your science journal you know whatever it is yeah sort of thing but that, i thought that was a really good uh sort of yeah, thing and we're to talking say about like, like what uh four or five classes yeah chances are if it's something's not due in your uh, first year writing class something is due in your astronomy class or in your history class or something because that's just how it is very right. rarely do you get like the free calendar where nothing you should be doing nothing every now and then it happens but it's not the norm yeah but it's definitely like planetary alignment kind yes. of rare because even if I don't have anything due for all of the things that you said, I might have two things due on the same day or maybe three things due, which means yes. I got I, I should be working ahead so that I'm not just hating my life. You're going to hate your life before it's due. Yeah. It's yeah. a thing. Like, you know, a lot of classes are on four week cycles. So like every yeah. four weeks, there's like a new unit, um, a new paper, um a new exam or whatever um and so it does seem like about every four weeks you're slammed um and so just prepare for that <laughs> yeah no no that's just that's going to be the case yeah all right number three no 8 a.m classes i disagree I mean, with this <laughs> <laughs> i mean I, she does make a good point she's like your mom and dad aren't around to wake you up you're probably not going to get yourself up and so this might also just be like, if you're one of those kids whose parents had to drag you out of bed to get you to school, um, you know, if you weren't responsible for setting your own alarm and getting up on your own, this might be a tough transition for you. Yeah, I mean, I, I well, maybe, I'm not sure. I don't feel like my parents dragged me out of bed, but they might've been setting alarms <laughs> to get me up. I yeah. took an eight day, I mean, her point, I think, is well taken, even if you can do it, that it's harder than you think it's going to be. Because I That's certainly true. went to college with that same, like, I get up and go to class at 8 a.m. every day. I can totally do this in college. And uh, basically dropped uh, Italian halfway through the first semester because, because it was an 8 a.m. class. Well, yeah, I had the room the to do that. that. Like in high school when you were getting up at like being at school at like seven for swim practice or whatever, you also had a bedtime that your parents usually monitored. Right. Um, yeah, right? that's probably the biggest you thing. you no longer have that. So you went to bed at 3 a.m. and now you're going to try to get up for an 8 a.m.? Yeah, freaking right. I mean, you can do it while you're 18 a few times, but it gets old quick. Yeah, that's not, it's in the long run or even for a couple of weeks, that's not tenable. Yeah. Um, but... So I am one of those people who I, I'm teaching at 8 a.m. this semester, and I have 25 students in that class, and they're actually pretty, I mean, every now and then there's a few minutes late or whatever, but everyone's usually there. I think it just depends on like what your schedule is like and what you need from your college schedule or whatever. Certainly. Um, and then I took a class my second semester of my freshman year at 7 a.m. Wow. Yeah, so I, and by the That's way, rough. in January, it's like when you get up and walk to class when the sun is barely up, it's a, it's a challenge. 
<laughs> oh yeah, yeah, no, I understand. I understand. Yeah. I taught a 7:45 a.m. section uh, real early in grad school, and those students were. I could watch them wake up. Yeah. Basically, <laughs> they were physically there, you know. But I, I could see them sort of like actually be able to think and reason <laughs> as the as the discussion section went on. Uh, but they had to be there. They, they were game. They had to be there to yeah. fit their schedule. And they, I mean, they were uh, one of the best groups uh, of, of students as I had as a TA. Right. And just um, like, I do think from an advising standpoint, like I don't normally advise first year students into 8 a.m. classes, even if they think they can do it mm. just because of that transitional phase. Um, but there are some times when it's a required course, it's only offered every other spring, you have to take it at 8 a.m. because that's just how it is. Yeah. Um, but usually those are your upper division level classes. Usually for your like general education things, there's lots of other times you can take it. So I might amend no 8 a.m. classes to sort of maybe be wary of 8 a.m. classes. Yeah, and also just be self-aware too. Right. Right? Yeah. Okay, number four, expect to work hard. Yes. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to co-sign this one and put a star next to it. Well, we've <laughs> talked about this even when we were talking about um, like going slow and those kinds of things and about like being challenged by things. Um, and like she said something about if it was easy, everybody would do it, which is what people like to say. But yeah, it is going to be hard and it should challenge you. It should push you beyond what you already know. And it is not high school. It's true. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, I think that's, I mean, especially for someone like, like me, I went to a good high school, but it wasn't, I, I, it wasn't like the best in the, in the country level of good. It was, mm -hmm. it, it was just above average good. Um, my wife went to a high school that was, really good and so she didn't have a whole lot of trouble coming into college because she was ready she was ready she was challenged at that level and had uh, you know done okay you know uh in high school and so college work was not that biggest it wasn't really a step up so much for me it was a step up it was an increase in what i needed to do and the transition was took me some time yeah yeah, and I, I tell this to students all the time, like it might, this might not be the class that's challenging to you or it might not happen this semester or this year, but you will eventually run into the point where you're having to stretch, right? You're like, wow, this is harder than I was expecting. Um, and everyone reaches that point. Sometimes it's the first class of the first semester of your first <laughs> year, and sometimes it's your junior year. It does kind of depend. I'm sure your mm -hmm. wife, experience some sort of stretching at some point it just probably wasn't that first year yeah i'm yeah i'm sure absolutely yeah. okay number five yeah do you want uh, to read this one yeah i'll do it so she said join orgs or organizations and to get involved on campus um which is in general a good idea and she said something about meeting friends, uh, like because these are the same people that have the same interests as you, which I think is a great point. Yes. Um, because she's like, you can go to a party, but you're probably not going to see those people very often. She's like, if they don't drop out of class, out of school, which I thought was funny. Um, and I do think that's a good idea to be involved. Uh, mm -hmm. But I would have a caveat with this, and that would be um, 
rather than trying to join all the things, <laughs> you know, I don't know, students like, well, I need to be involved in all this stuff. You know, pick, start with one your first semester. You know, yes. you don't need to start with six. And you don't need to oh, be an God, officer no. in six organizations no. by your, by your, you know, sophomore year. It's just, I've seen students get over-involved and they've so many times too thin. Right? So many students. Yeah. I, I had the same caveat that I, I there as well, which is like, and I was going to say also like one, get one, involved in yeah. one. And if that's not your jam, get that's uninvolved nice. and then do something else. Right. Yeah. And I would also say, um, if it's an organization that requires you as a first year student to be an officer oh. and, it, and one that's kind of active, like we have, here we have the board game club, which is super low stakes. People show up, they play board games, that is it. Right. So yeah. being an officer there is just like somebody needs to be on the books for it to have a budget so that they can buy their buy new board games. Yeah. Um, but if you're like having to organize things and there's somebody's like, yeah, well, you would be a great treasurer. You'd be a great president of blah, 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 blah. And they're doing a bunch of things or they're doing just things. You need to walk away from that. Right. And I think, you know, those leadership positions are great a little later on after you have figured out something of like how college works and how you work on your own and all of that stuff. Because um, right. those are some great opportunities. Um, as someone who's taught like a professional writing class where students, you know, create resumes, it's really great to be able to list 15 things. But if you can't talk about one of those things with any substance, then what good is that? Because those are supposed to be like talking points for a job interview. I'm like, oh, I saw you were involved in blah, blah, blah. And you're like, yeah, I went to one meeting or... <laughs> Oh yeah, my friend did it, and so I. I so yeah, and so like it's better in terms of like if you're still in that mentality of well, I need to kind of you know social network and blah 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 blah. Just do one or two things your entire uh, career that you can really go deep into, and you could be an officer there, and you can really talk about that particular organization and what that organization does, as opposed to listing twelve that you can't say anything about. Yeah, and I and I think in terms of a, you already got into college, yeah, and so this is all about your own enrichment. And most of the places that you're going to be going after this, whether you go to a business or whether you go to med school or whether you go to grad school or an internship or whatever it is, um, this is not about having like a packed resume of extracurriculars. We don't care anymore. Yeah, I mean sometimes if. Um, depending on what your major is, you know, if you're mm -hmm. in marketing, then maybe being a part of an organization in which you were doing the marketing. Right. Um, being involved. Could be helpful. Yeah. So the, was it SPS, the Student Physical Physics Society or Physical Society? Like if you're a physics major, hey, hey that's an extracurricular that plays into you doing right. your career. So that's great. Or if it's slightly unrelated or tangentially related, it's probably you need to have quality over quantity. Right, exactly, yeah. that's my point. Exactly, yeah, precisely, because precisely. I don't know if it's one of those like holdovers from high school where it's like, well, I have to pack my resume to show that I'm involved and blah, blah, blah. Um, but at this point, these are really like talking points for like job interviews is what I think of them as. Oh, well, tell me about your work with this organization or what'd you guys do, what's this about? Um, and if you can't say anything about it, then... <laughs> Then it it's, it's great. well, it's not just like time wasted. It's it's negative impact. 
Yeah, right? you are less likely to get hired, right? So it's, so it's, it's if that's what you think you need, that's what is something that you're sort of planning on in the future. Then, as you say, pick that one thing to do, go deep, and then why don't you take that uh, that speech class, and why don't you take your your writing classes seriously? Yeah, because the time that you have to parlay that experience into uh, looking good to the person who's going to hire you or, or admit you to the school is through an essay. So your writing better be good and you better be able to marshal those themes and ideas and show how they, you know, make you a better student or during an interview, in which case you better have a lots of things of things to say and have taken that sort of speech class so that you feel comfortable mm-hmm. being extemporaneous about what you want to say. and guess what? That's a whole lot less time than being involved in four extracurriculars. Yeah. Yeah. So I do think it's good to be involved. Um, I think you should become strategically involved in things that, you know, I mean, like the board game thing, that's probably not something you're going to list on your resume. Seems unlikely. Right. But that is something that might help you make friends, have an outlet, you know, do those kinds of things. I totally support those kinds of things too, but you might also think about like professional type organizations or those. Right. Right. Absolutely. Sorry. We beat this one to death. We sort of got, uh, I think we have come to that topic a couple of times, especially earlier in the podcast. I think Sort of a hobby horse we've had. Well, and I think that, you know, the institution that you're at, um, we see this a lot with the students there because Mm -hmm. it's a small school and they have a ton of organizations and so it's like the same students getting involved with the all of the things and then they just run themselves down and it's just yeah yeah, yeah it's it it can be bad it seems to be a little less of a problem than when i first got here yeah. which I, that's good that's good all right number six get to know your professor and i have here as my note for uh after that favoritism because her, her yeah. reason to do this is that if they know you they'll grade you better uh, that's wrong. Yeah, it's 100% wrong. So I'm going to say the reason to get to know your professor that she gives is completely false. And if that's the case with your professor, then you need to talk to someone about that because that is <laughs> like basically cool. illegal. Right. I do like knowing my students and it is nice to put a, a face and a name and some personal details in with, you know, to their assignments because that, you know, is kind of interesting to me. I, I have small classes, so for me, it's not an issue. Um, and I do like when students introduce themselves, but I never think, oh, well, I'm so glad now that she's introduced herself, I, can, I don't really have to grade her work because, you know, she's a good person. Right. I mean, what it basically can buy you is, is in that social aspect and in sort of the gray areas of the syllabus, like uh-huh. or access to me when I have time, could have time to give because it's, it's during my office hours, it's my office hours, I'm here. So show up, I will be here. During not my office hours, it is kind of my choice. Mm-hmm. Like I should do it, but if you have left a very bad impression with me, I'm probably not gonna make time to meet with you unless it's super convenient for me. So I'm gonna restrict the times that I'm gonna be able to meet with you right. uh, to those times when I know that I am going to be sort of fresh and able to deal with this person who is uh, really aggravating to me, let's say, uh, without like losing my cool. Uh, if you are a really easygoing, nice 
person who is always courteous and is uh, very respectful in the way that you deal with me, I am I'm much more likely to open up more slots in, in my day, in my week to meet uh, because I know I don't have to be like on my top game of not getting frustrated because yeah. I know that the student is going to be, make it easy to deal with them so I, can, I don't have to have such sort of emotional mental reserves. Yes, but then those, like you said, that's kind of that outside of like the actual rules of grading and yeah, that's not about the grading. That's about yeah. the help you get before the grading. Yes. No. Well, and she did say be be respectful and nice, which uh, that's just basic human decency. <laughs> yes, you should be that. to everyone. And then, you know, she said that, oh, I've seen some people getting kicked out of class. And that's something that we, I don't know that we've talked about. Um, but, oh, you know, okay. I can ask students to leave. And yeah. I can count them absent for that day if they're being rude or disrespectful um, and I mean, not that it would ever get to this, but I could also call campus police to have you removed. Um, and that's my right. And that's the big difference between college and high school. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I've never, it's never gotten to that point, but I have asked students to leave. Um, you know, I don't know if I've ever, I've, I've never called campus. campus oh, I haven't either. No, because most of the time. Um, they do leave. I'm like, you can go ahead and leave for today. I'm kind of done dealing with that attitude or whatever. Um, but I mean, it's happened like twice in like 15 years. So yeah, it's, it's super, it has to be pretty extreme, but if you're rude to me or you don't pay attention and you mouth off or whatever, you're right. I'm not very likely to open up my schedule to find extra time to meet with you. I'm just going to be like, yep. Well, you missed the opportunity. This were these were the sign up times, and you didn't do it. Sorry. Yeah. Later. Bye. Yeah. Bye. Yeah. It's really it's it's about a lot of that um, the extra effort. Yeah. I I I it's possible that I could put in. You have to earn that social capital that you can spend on my extra effort. That's basically true. what it boils down to. Yes. So do introduce yourself. Do get to know your professors, but don't expect great favors. Yeah, that's not, that's not legal. Yeah. All right, so number seven, I thought, um, I don't know, I have mixed feelings about. Um, so she said, don't buy every textbook. Um, and she goes on to say, like, every semester, she only buys textbooks for one or two classes, only when it's absolutely required. Um, because you can, like, rent the textbook or check the textbook out from the library. She also said Amazon, so I'm wondering if she means don't buy it from the bookstore. You can rent from Amazon as well. You can. Um, and I get this because I think we've all probably taken at least one class where you bought the textbook, which isn't cheap, and you've read like maybe 10 pages out of it. And you're like, wow, I'm really glad I spent money on that. It's, it's true. And those do come up. Um, I think the... I, I'm I'm happy that she mentioned like go to the library, yes. you rent it, do something. So like if you can reasonably get by, if you're going to do your studying in the library, and you can operate with the library that with uh, the book that's on course reserve. Yeah, which is like usually a two-hour reserve. You can right. go in and you can check it out for two hours. It cannot leave the library. But if you want to spend that two hours reading your chapter and taking your notes, and you want to do that every other day or once a week, then I mean, you hey, could. That's, 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 that's perfect. That's great. You know, I will say that 
there is an element, I believe, in high school, and, and too bad Drew is not here and he could speak to it, it that uh, some books are on there that aren't really needed. Whereas what we put down, and there's tons of conversations here, and I'm sure at, at every campus that yeah. we'll put down books that aren't needed because right. we, I have to specify the book I'm required when I put in my classes for the next semester to specify what is, what is the required textbook. And that's a that federal time. guideline, right? Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. like the U.S. government telling me I have to do this. <laughs> yeah, because the cost of the book is something that can impact your ability to take the class. Precisely. And doing it like half a semester ahead of time. So it's like halfway through fall semester when spring is set and halfway through spring when the fall is set. So yes. you can get the summer in that case. Uh, okay, so, so that I'm going to take this moment and say, yes, you all half a semester ahead of time. Do not show up to class the first week and be like, I didn't know, I haven't ordered the textbook yet. I want, you know, it just stresses me out because then they're like, well, I don't have Amazon Prime, so it takes three weeks to get here. And now you're three weeks behind. And oh, yeah, by the way, it's absolutely required to have the textbook. Yeah. So get your butt to the library. You right. Know, talk to your classmates. Don't be using this as excuses like I don't have to do the work for the first three weeks. I just don't have the textbook. Well, guess what? You're getting zeros on all that work if that's your attitude. And it's probably going to sink your grade in that class. That's not helping your professor also with, you know, being nice. <laughs> well, yeah, being nice and respectful and courteous. Yeah. Yeah, you can come well, up and, and say something else. I understand that this is a cost thing. I really get it. Truly. Um, there are some time and I try to be very conscientious with this. I try to keep the older edition of the textbook as long mm -hmm. as I can, because that means students can get it used, right? Right, um, And that's a cost measure. Um, and then sometimes I have to go to the new one and students will be like, can I use the old edition? And sometimes, yes, but you'll have to get these three exercises from me because it's different. Or no, because it's dramatically different. Right. Um, like I had this book that was for like technical communication and the previous edition was 12 years old. And, no, not for technical yeah, communication. Right. And so I'm like, for this topic, 12 years old is really outdated. You, that's not even the same textbook, really. Yeah. Um, and so sometimes when, you know, we are just know that we do think about these things, we do consider it. We don't look at textbooks and go, oh, look, $450. I want that one. You know? <laughs> we yeah. actually do think about these things. And I try really hard to like give like, okay, I cannot find all of this material for free or someplace else. So we have to have this textbook, but then I try to supplement it in other ways. So they don't have to buy a second book or right. whatever. Um, and I don't, you can always talk to your professor if you're just like, I really can't afford it. Well, chances are, like we have for our English, our first year writing class, we have like 30 desk copies sitting in someone's office on a case by case basis. If you really cannot afford it, we can probably loan that to you for the semester. Yeah, there are there are options that we can we can work towards, but yes. you got to talk to us, and it's got to be in good faith. Like, yeah. If I'm asking you in the at the end of the first week or the second week, so like I haven't gotten any you know writings from you, I haven't gotten any notes or summaries or yeah, I know in the homeworks, and at that point you're like, well, I just ordered the textbook and it won't be here for another two weeks. I'm be like, okay, well, um, this sounds like an excuse, yeah. <laughs> and you you didn't care enough to to try to work something out with me ahead of time, so that's the level of non-engagement. Mm -hmm. We will continue with that level of non-engagement. 
you know, so I'm not going to come seek you out either. I totally understand if students are like, listen, I have to wait for my financial aid reimbursement, which is in two weeks before I can get this. I sympathize. I understand. We'll work something out. You come to me the first day and you're like, thanks. I will get some reserves over to the library right away. Um, I'll, by the way, I have this first chapter PDF already. So let me just send that to you. We have ways around this, but um, I don't know if not buying every textbook um, as a strategy. I do think you can be smart about it, and I do think you can ask questions, but you need to do the front work on that. You need to talk to the professor. You need to explain the mm-hmm. situation. Um, yeah, but just don't be like, well, every other class, I'm just not going to buy textbooks and see how it goes. That is not a good approach. No, that is going to lead you to doing poorly in your classes. Yes, please don't do that. <laughs> okay, number eight. Eight, yeah. I have written down here, put the syllabus into a planner. Yeah. So on the on so you were listening to the video and I was playing it. So she put po- up up in the, the screen posted up buy and use a planner. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but yeah. yes. Yes, yes. Do that. Or or get the free planner like for iCal, Google Calendar. I mean there's so the, a lot of that, schools, if that works for you. So a lot of schools like print like little calendars, especially for first year students that have stuff like the home basketball games and all that jazz in it. But it's a little calendar designed specifically to help you write stuff down. (laughs) (laughs) So there are sometimes free little calendars around. Uh, Yes, there's also you can put stuff in your phone calendar if you have nothing else or like Google Calendar or whatever. Yeah, whatever is going to work for you. If you want that physical planner that's going to help you stay engaged, do it. If you yeah. want that digital calendar that's on your in your pocket 24 hours a day, do it. Like, but yes, read that syllabus, every quiz, every homework due date, every test, every essay, every draft, everything that's on there for a due date, put it in. Put it in there. Um, and here's a pro tip. Set a reminder um, to happen 24 hours in advance if you're not checking that thing like every few hours. <laughs> because right. what I hate, and I do this to myself sometimes, is I will like pull out my calendar for the day and I'm like, oh crap, I have a meeting in 20 minutes that I haven't really prepped for. <laughs> <laughs> right? And so like, it's nice to know that there's an exam, but it'd be nicer to know if you knew that 24 hours in advance. True, or whatever or amount of time you need. Yeah. To, to prep for that. Yeah, it, it's, yeah, that's true. Like most of my events on my calendar are like class or meeting. Mm-hmm. And usually the 10 minute ahead of time is enough, is, is enough yeah. you know, but if it's like, uh, like the due date for, to submit for extra funds for professional development. Right. Like I'm going to need more want... than 10 minutes. Yeah. Probably more than a day. Right. <laughs> you know, I'm probably going to want a week ahead of time. Something pop is like, you have one week to write uh, an application for professional development funds. Well, and sometimes I even set a reminder, like, oh, grant application due in two weeks, because it's like fallen right. off my radar, but now I just have this one little thing pop up and I go, oh yeah, right. You know, so that helps kind of put it back in my, like on my to-do list. And then I'll do it a week out too, you know what I mean? Because you can set a lot of reminders on yeah. like Outlook or Google Calendar or whatever. Yeah, you can set multiple reminders for the same thing. Um, yes, and I would, I'm a big fan. 
of that for sure. Yeah, that's um, that's good stuff. And I use a combination of a written thing and um what's it called? <laughs> like an online thing. There we go. Wow, right. that was rough. Um <laughs> <laughs> because for me, um I need both and Mm -hmm. You have to also figure out your system and it just takes some time. So maybe you buy the, the hard, like the paper planner the first semester and you're like, well, this didn't work. I didn't do it. Okay. Well now try the electronic version or try a combination because it takes, takes a lot of time to figure out what works for you. I mean, for me, I've only, like, I feel like I change every five or so years and I have to kind of adjust like what's working because things have changed so much. My job has changed or my, my email platform has changed or whatever and I need to kind of right get everything again or you've just gotten old and forgetful also that I need both now <laughs> <laughs> it used to be I feel like way better at well managing. I think I remember feeling like I could hold everything I needed to do in my head and manage it all without writing anything down in high school Did that work and I thought in high school that worked for me and but I think part of what the reason that worked is that even though I felt busy, I wasn't as busy as I am now. Yeah. I feel like the, the amount of busiest high school Peter was, didn't have as many balls in the air as just baseline job Peter today. Exactly. And I understand that students think that they're busy, but that's relative. <laughs> you are busy. I, mean, I, can, I can school. only speak from my own experience. I felt busy looking back in retrospect. Uh, I could handle that level of work yeah. with my eyes closed at this point. I wouldn't need a planner. Uh, be fine. Now, here we are talking about all the ways to set reminders. Right. Yeah. It's a thing. It's a thing. All right. So number nine, I think, um, might be somewhat connected to number five, the joining organizations. Um, and that's mm -hmm. that you will be homesick and that that's okay. Um, I personally didn't experience this because I was within driving distance from like my hometown and I went home pretty regularly. Um, but I know for some people who are like a plane ride away and they don't get to go home until like Thanksgiving, that's a long stretch of time. It can be a long stretch. Yeah. I mean, I was, a uh, like a 16, 19 hour train ride. Oh, okay. That's all. I mean, that's, Definitely not like a weekend thing, like a regular weekend. No, yeah, that was that was for for break. Yeah, yeah, um, and I do think that lots of people get homesick. I do think that's just part of the transition. But if you're involved with an organization, um, or if you have like a study group with your class, it's going to be a lot easier to get through that. Yeah, that's easier to manage. If you're making those connections and, and you're forging those bonds, then you have someone to talk to when you're feeling homesick. And that yeah. can also kind of validate that and support you and talk about their own struggles with that. Uh, and that really, really helps. Uh, if, you, if, you're not, if you're not making those connections, then it's just a stew that you sit in. It's harder, yeah. Yeah. Well, and the good news is, is that you will be very... Um, distracted by all the homework that's due so maybe because <laughs> <laughs> you'll be working every day there's always something due right right uh yeah and you know phone calls or occasional visits when you need to is totally a thing so do that. all right, all right number, one. number 10 i have here no job or 
on-campus job. If, yeah, if you so must. she said no job, like no off-campus job, which I thought was interesting. Um, I didn't know a lot of people who had off-campus jobs. Most of the people I knew, myself included, who worked at college were doing on-campus jobs. And that may be because many of us had like, uh, I think, Pell Grant. Right. Uh, so it was Well, and the Pell Grant, stuff. by the way, is the same amount now as it was whenever we were getting it. Oh, man. It has not increased much at all. I mean, like minimally. That is and so true. whenever we had Pell Grants, that covered a lot. Um, but now it's really only covering 25 to 30% of a lot of people's expenses. And so they don't have a choice but to get a job. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So. Um, I think she was trying to say like on-campus jobs are like easier for freshmen to manage. And that might be true. Yeah. I mean, you don't have to travel as far. It can be, they're probably a lot more flexible because they are jobs that are often either meant for students or yeah. the people running them understand student needs because that's right. who their primary people filling the jobs are. You know, mm -hmm. if you're just working shifts at Taco Bell, like that's not designed yeah. for you as a student. No, and while they might be understanding, it's a little, you know, like dude, you didn't show up or whatever. Right. Also just show up, please, either if it's on <laughs> Yeah, so I, that makes a lot of sense. Like, if you need if you need to be working a job, uh, some pe some people need to. Like, that's there's no shame in that. There's no no, no one should be feeling like this is somehow uh, a place they don't belong if they need to work through college. Uh, if you can swing a job that's on campus, that is where you need where you should start. If you can, okay. that's your first choice, um, or at the very least, close to campus. Like, if yeah. you got to be. Uh, taking a bus or driving out to some place, then it's just all that travel time yeah. can eat into the time that you have to do your studying. Right? If right. you're gonna take a 20 minute bus ride and you can do your reading for your English class, you know, there and back, that might be a real boon. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, so I had a work study job my first year and I worked on campus and I hire a lot of work study students. So if you have federal work study, the federal government covers 75% of your uh, hourly wage and then the employer employer uh, supplements the other 25% out of their budget. If you have nice. state work study, it's covered 100%. And I try to tell my students, this is part of your financial aid award package. This is part, this is intended to supplement. So you should use this money um, and we should use it all if we can without stressing them out, right? So we try right. to schedule their hours so that they can get the most of that money because if you, you use it or lose it, it's not like they're going to send you a check for the balance. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think thinking about that as part of your financial aid award package is maybe a shift in thinking we need to think about um, just because, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was awarded this money. I just have to like show up and work this job to get it. Um, and right. so a lot, a lot of on-campus jobs are either federal or state work study because it's a really good deal for the people who are hiring you because I don't have to pay out that from my budget line. And so right. I want to hire those students. A, a state student worker is free. Free, yeah. Free employment, or is free employee. And a federal one, I can hire four of those for the cost of one. Exactly. Study. And so I want to give my 
positions, I, I want those to go to uh, work-study students, if at all possible. And I do try to set aside money for students who don't have work-study because obviously some people who are well-qualified to work in the Writing Center just didn't get that particular award. But, you know, I can get more bang for the buck <laughs> for, right. for those students. Um, yeah, for sure. And I've also worked off-campus. Um, yeah, it's kind of a pain. Um, and even if I had downtime, I ended up goofing off with my coworkers <laughs> yeah, more no. than I did my like reading and all that stuff. Um, but sometimes you got to do what you got to do. If you are not financially strapped so much that you have to have a job, and this is just for extra spending money, maybe do an on-campus job for just 10 hours a week, you know, instead of trying to do 20 or whatever. Yeah. And see I mean, how that it, works. Stair step your way in. You know, coming back to the expect to work hard and the no breaks. Yeah. Is, you know, if you can swing it, and not everyone can, but if you can swing it without a job, uh, maybe start there and see with it whether you can shoulder this load easily. Right. Once, if you're like, yeah, I can do this, this is not a real super challenge for me, at that point, thinking about getting a job makes sense. Right. You know, because if, if this job is not required and you just want some spending money because you want some sweet speakers in your dorm room or something. Yeah. Then, uh, that made it, it's not the best motivation. And if that's going to hurt you academically, then you're kind of shooting yourself in the foot for the whole reason you're there. Right. Yeah. And yeah. Anyway, so she did say that this information is not to scare you, but to prepare you. So <laughs> that I would reiterate that. <laughs> yeah, this is a, to be ready. It's like these are not insurmountable, and these don't all have to be handled at the same time all at once. I and mean, some of these may not even be something that you need to really handle at all. Mm -hmm. You know, you may you may not even have any eight a.m. classes that you need to deal with, or you know. You may be doing fine enough in your classes that getting to know your professor is something you can leave alone for the first semester or year. Right. You know, you just you're handling it fine without uh, without having that contact with them. But it's yeah. a good reminder, and some of these I thought were really nice to have that insight from somebody who's just coming in uh, or has came came in recently. And she uh, just posted this like three days ago, so it's not like this was an old video. Yes, yes, at least for when we post this initially. <laughs> it's yeah, well, I mean, but it's not like this is from 2008. Right, right, or from like me. Yeah, when, yeah. When I was a sophomore. Yeah. Although I, I have I to say. say that a lot of these things are still the same struggles. Yeah, this is, this is super perennial, you know, like I'm, I'm reading over these things and I'm like, this hasn't changed from when I went to college. I do think that like, our students today have different kinds of like stressors and maybe distractions than we had, but all of these things were the same things we dealt with. Whoa, show. Yes. Yeah. But anyway, it's a good reminder. It is. It is. Well, I'll put a link uh, to the YouTube video in, uh, in the description for this. So if you want to go check out her video and uh, see what she's all about, you are welcome to do so. All right. I think that wraps us up. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> we went through all 10. We've done our job. We have. 
We've done our due diligence. So if you have something you want us to cover, you can reach me on Twitter. I'm at Dr. Hyland, D-O-C-T-O-R-H-Y-L-A-N-D, or send me an email, peter.o.hyland, H-Y-L-A-N-D, at gmail.com. All right, see everybody next week. Bye. Bye.